Welcome, Sacramento, to the State of the Republic podcast. Um, after a week in which we've probably never been through <laughs> something like this before, uh, but we're, we're here back and, and we're ready to talk about everything that happened during that game. And today I am actually joined by two amazing people that made the trip out there. Uh, you know, two, two fans that were at the match, uh, including myself, of course, we, we were there. And we're ready to talk about everything that happened in that match. So let me go ahead and introduce. First, let's go to you, podcast mom. Welcome. How's it going? Are you feeling better? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it was interesting. Um, I know we'll talk about this here in a second. But on on that day, just seeing all the friends and the buddies and, and all that other, because I never stepped foot into the stadium, so I didn't have that stadium vibe. You know, we were all in the parking lot. So we were in party mode, and I know Jared's going to <laughs> recount if he can remember uh, some of the time when he was <laughs> when he was there. But yeah, we're all we're all feeling better and looking forward to this weekend. But I can't wait to talk a little bit more about our stories about getting to the stadium and the traffic, and talk about the bus, the two buses. You know, the the team had a um, front office staff as well as the team themselves. For the match that never was, or <laughs> that has yet to be. So, Jared, how are you doing? Oh, uh, fully recovered compared to uh, this past weekend. I mean, it felt like I was <laughs> either uh, John Candy or Steve Martin in uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, like a reboot of it or something like that, having to struggle to get out of SFO uh, to, to get on the BART, get checked in, get over to Oakland. All to hear that the game got canceled. It was interesting. So, hey, Luis, how are you doing? I know you've been busy this week with work. Um, what Did you get a chance to recover a bit on Sunday after the non-match? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I got a chance to recover. And, you know, we'll talk about it here more later on, right? And how it went from being a, a big you know, disappointment, uh, you know, uh, because I was one of those fans, <laughs> Republic fans actually went inside the stadium. <laughs> I was so stoked to, uh, you know, get to see the vibe of, you know, how everything was outside and get to walk around the stadium and get a feel right for, for Oakland's home turf and all that. And uh, yeah, but all good now, recovered, ready for this Saturday, which we'll also be talking about here later on. And so let's go ahead then and get started then with that game that was canceled. I don't know about you guys. I think it's the first time that I ever see a game and just in general in the history of just watching soccer that gets canceled because the turf is in bad condition and not because of the weather, but because it's just not playable <laughs> in general. And so let's go ahead then and just talk about just basically our story and getting to the stadium. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, both of you have really interesting stories. I think we, <laughs> the three of us kind of took different transportation mediums, right? <laughs> and okay. so let's go ahead and, and start first with you, Jared, actually, since you did say you have that interesting story of jumping from one to the other. To, to, you know, give us a breakdown. You know, how, how was it getting to the stadium? Well, I'll put it this way. Uh, comp- uh, given the fact that I've recently have gotten some major bargains in first class across various airlines. I can say that Alaska first class, it's not the greatest. I mean, I will say they have leg room, 
that being said, I was actually able to get from Phoenix to SFO at a fairly decent time. Uh, getting out of SFO, however, was a hassle. Uh, the, a lot of the Bay Area transit providers uh, have something similar to what Sacramento has with the Connect card. Uh, they call theirs the Clipper card. Basically, it's where you load in uh, cash value onto a card. You can use it to get on the BART trains, Muni buses, AC Transit, a whole slew of different providers. And I had actually ordered a card a couple months prior and loaded $30 on it. However, when I go to tap the card or the phone, it pretended like there was no money on it, even though there was $30 pending. So I had to spend a good 20 or 30 minutes just to get out of BART, the BART's SFO station, to get up to where my hotel was in San Francisco. Thankfully, <laughs> they thankfully they let me check in a little early. So I spent time grabbing a quick something to eat, making a, a costume change, as they say, and then taking BART over to Lake Merritt. So that portion of uh, BART w- was fine. And getting to the parking lot, however, was another struggle because the Republic FC's uh, map was, first of all, was upside down. <laughs> so it just made it even more difficult to try to locate where the parking lot was. I ended up uh, going past the campus at first. And then by the time it was already about 4 o'clock, 4.10 or so, because the tailgate was supposedly starting at 3.30, I finally make my way to uh, to the uh, right parking lot and met up with everybody. Well, we saw you. We saw you when you came in, and it was a uh, it was uh, it was a glorious time. But I I don't know. Did you pregame before you got to the parking lot? <laughs> uh, I did have at least one beer on the flight. I, I will admit that. I mean, why not? It's free. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Yeah. And, and did you follow my advice? I mean, this is an old lady talking to a young man. Did you follow my advice about wearing compression? <laughs> I, did, I didn't get the socks, but given the fact that I'm going to be taking the bus to get down to San Diego, I may just go ahead and order them this uh, weekend. So at least that way it's a full a week before going on the bus to San Diego for that match. Yeah, especially if you don't have good leg room. I don't some buses have good leg room, some don't. But anyhow, we digress. I'm <laughs> once you start taking care of and you start worrying about other people's situations, it just <laughs> it just goes that way. So interesting about your um planes, trains, and automobiles story and the map. So <laughs> and I'll get to to my situation with um a ton of us meeting up we rode the train from the Amtrak train, either from Sacramento or Davis or wherever people were getting on. We rode Amtrak to the Jack London square station. And we were just like hell bent on getting to the parking lot. Right. Uh, You know, it's like, Oh, but first stops first, we were looking for a little bodega or anything where (laughs) people could load up early on their beer before we get to the parking lot. Mind you, we're all on foot. So there's no wagon, there's no car, there's no anything to tote anything. But these folks, these wonderful folks managed to buy, you know, quite a bit of supplies from this cute little bodega and then huck it yet another, it was a 20 minute walk. um, And we kind of did a few deviations and then found our way finally to the parking lot. And if it wasn't for the fact that we, we did see some other, color, you know, the, uh, the Tower Bridge Battalion, there were people that got there just ahead of us, and they had already set up. So we knew where we were going. 
Um, but you had to go by, <laughs> if you walked there, you had to go by this very unusual camp that somebody had set up. I don't know if you saw it, Jared. I think, Luis, you may have seen it, where this guy had these cases, like the cases that you store tools in. He must have had 50 of them stacked up like a little wall. And so that was unusual. I actually took, I took a picture of it. And if anybody wants it, I'll, I'll send it on. But it was one of the most unusual camps that I've seen. And it was almost like he was wheeling and dealing. He had like a table and people were coming up to his table. It, it, it just kind of, it kind of blew me away. It's like, here he is living on the street, on the sidewalk with this wall of cases, as well as his other accoutrements and a, a travel trailer. And so you see that and then you finally see all of us and the Oakland Roots fans were in the same parking lot and they were further back. They greeted us warmly. It was, it was fabulous. Um, you know, I, I sat next to Rave Bear on the train. And so he was kind of my compadre, so to speak. And, and I had Jane and Scott, you know, they were right there too. And a bunch of other folks from the Tower Bridge Battalion. And we got a little tiny loud on the train. There was some drinking going on, you know, we were pre-gaming on the train, but not much you know it was pretty mellow and then the long walk and then getting there and then the sac republic front office and i know Luis, you know this because you got there too you know you were i think you may have been stuck in a little bit of the traffic well sac republic folks didn't take the same route that the mechanics took you know uh, um anyhow they they managed to skate and not hit that traffic and so they got to the parking lot and you know, it was, it was, it was good to see everybody, but the Sac Republic, the, the folks that were setting up the tailgate, they got just so delayed. And it was, I'm sure they were bummed as all get out when they got there though, they flew into action. They unloaded everything. They got the beer set up, the ice chest set up. It was one of the better tailgates that Sac Republic has thrown at an away match. It was so good. They had just gobs of stuff. And then they had pizzas after pizzas after pizzas, you know, that arrived. And oh my gosh, if it wasn't for those pizzas, Jared, I think you would have been face first on the asphalt. We're <laughs> yeah. So that was, that was a good move. But as we're sort of getting together and partying, you know, there's this whisper that's going through the crowd and it's like, oh no, what's this whisper about? And next thing you know, it was announced the, um, you know, they grabbed the bullhorn and um, you know, this, the front office folks who were in charge said, listen, the, the game, the game's been canceled. And some people thought, oh, you're joking. That's just a joke. And it's like, no, the referees determined that the, the turf wasn't playable. <laughs> oh, man. So, Luis, take it from there. You were in the stadium when all this was going on and you and I were live podding. <laughs> we were live on the podcast and I already knew the information and you couldn't believe it <laughs> because you were there and you said they're still warming up. So yeah. continue on and continue. <laughs> Keep going. Um, so so before I actually get to that too, uh, props to that guy with the cases though. I did I did see him a couple of times uh, and <laughs> amazing. I've never seen <laughs> a, a place like that. Like you know, hands down, great creativity there. But uh, on the contrary, I think to your guys' trips, I think mine was pretty smooth. I actually <laughs> didn't really hit traffic at all. We actually cut. We actually didn't go through the main uh, Altamont Pass. Um, we actually cut through uh, one of the uh, little roads, right? That cuts through the back roads, smooth ride, a bunch of curves, whatnot. But I'm used to actually driving through there. So I was good with that. Um, so we get to the uh, stadium. We were actually a bit hungry, right? So 
we were there probably like three hours before. I think there was like one person from TBB at the parking lot when we passed by, but I wanted to know how it was, right? Getting there, where we parked that, just have all that, already be familiarized with that. And I have to say that they need to do a better job at actually putting signs as to like, hey, this is the parking lot. This is where people can park at. <laughs> because <laughs> I actually uh, first went to a different parking lot that I think was meant for like root staff and maybe media people and, and all that. And I asked one of the guys there, like, hey, wh- where does everyone else park? And the guy just said that in the curb. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, in the curve, like, they said there was free parking. I don't think we're all going to be able to park on the curve, but that's what the guy said. And of course, eventually I, I saw that parking. I, I still asked the people there, like, hey, is it good here? And they're like, that's good. But yeah, just a heads up. <laughs> if anyone from the Roots is listening or if anyone goes to a game in Oakland, uh, you know, it, it is a little bit challenging at first trying to figure out where the parking lot is at. But you have to do a little driving around and eventually you'll you'll find it. But we ended up going to this really nice uh, Mexican place in downtown Oakland. Um, you guys can go check out our social media if you want to see where that's at. I name doesn't come to mind right now, um, but really awesome food. So really great spot if anyone is trying to find a uh, place to eat uh, at a match in Oakland. Um, so we go back after eating, uh, go back to the parking lot, meet up, of course, here with Sharon and uh, Jared. And all was great, right? Everyone was having a blast, whatnot. I checked the time gates were supposed to open at four and uh, you know, we were probably there for like 15 minutes and, you know, we started walking, right. My girlfriend and I actually went over to the stadium because again, I was just really interested in knowing uh, what the uh, game ambience was like, right. What kind of food do they sell? Uh, you know, what, what stands do they have? Right. All, all those, you know, good stuff, you know, maybe I could have snacked a freebie here and there. Right. So wanted to check that out. Um, we go inside, didn't take too long to uh, pass through security. Um, we go to the stadium and we were wondering, right, where, where do we sit at, right? Where do away fans sit at? And so I asked someone and they were like, well, if you're looking for general admission, it's basically all of this side. And I look at all the sections that are technically general admission and they were starting to get filled up. And I was starting to wonder, where is everyone going to sit at? <laughs> we're probably all just going to be in between a bunch of Roots fans because I, I guess that's how they have it set up. I guess away fans have to be mixed with <laughs> with the other fans, which I don't think is the best of things. Um, but, you know, that's that's how they had that. Well, I, know that the, I know that the TBB was going to come in and kind of round us all up. You know, we were all going to go in together, so it was going to get sorted out, I hope. That, because there was a there was a plan the tower bridge battalion had a plan and they were they were told that they would be given a a section or an a area oh, okay yeah. and, and so i was just wondering right I, I know you got the tickets and maybe maybe our tickets were just general admission but we would have just of course eventually um gone to wherever tv went and and that's why when we got there we were actually just standing next to the general admission section and we weren't sitting down yet right we we're like we're gonna wait for tv and whatnot um we actually <laughs> were waiting there and uh, Oakland Roots players were already out training. All that was there. But I already sensed there was something wrong because there was no Republic players out there training. And, you know, it's like 30 minutes left and you don't see any Republic players out there. That seemed to be a red flag. But at the same time, seeing Roots players out there, it was like, 
okay, things might still be progressing, right? Who's going to think that something's going to happen? And I already knew that the game was canceled. And I was, we, you and I were on the live together (laughs) and you're like, no, they're out here training. And it's like, okay, well, you know, that's okay. (laughs) So that's kind of funny, right? So if I recall, I think it it might have been right before we hopped on the live, if I'm not mistaken, actually, that you sent me the message saying, I think you said like game was canceled. And I'm over here thinking she's, she's you know joking with me <laughs> she knows i'm at the stadium and she's trying to play around with me right like oh yeah game was canceled and i'm like oh i was gonna say good one but a part of me was starting to worry i was like sharon is over there next to the front office maybe this might not be a joke and so that's when we hop on the live show um you know i wanted to show everyone like look you know this is what it looks like right now i don't know what's going on people are going in the stadium I see people with like food, right? People just, you know, trying to find a seat. Um, But then you mentioned that. And then I see a player uh, from a distance, uh, a Republic player that I think his family actually went to go watch the game. And I see him go approach his family, right? And and they were just kind of talking and and whatnot. And and then I see his family exit. And that's where I was like, ooh, yeah, I think that this might be going on. But at the same time, you know, again, you when you see people going in, no announcement, the music's still going on, they're still playing their promo videos on the screen. You know, you're left wondering, like, wait, what's the whole situation like? Because they're they're not informing anyone and it's taking a long time. And so eventually they do inform people. And then once we start hearing that, you know, we start heading outside, but there are still people going inside, right? And and whatnot. And we go back. Uh, apparently I think security finally got her uh, word that the game had been canceled. And so they, I think they got word, but they were probably confused, right? Like, wait, canceled? Because the people were still online and all the people in the security uh, section uh, seemed to be a bit confused, right? <laughs> like they were wondering like, what what's going on? Like, should we keep, you know, letting people in or should we tell people to leave or what should we do? Um, so there was a big mix up there. Um, but as far as like, you know, the food stands, the, you know, promo uh, tents and all that, all that stuff, they were still going on. It was just people weren't going in. And so we start walking outside and and more and more people, you know, start following along. And the line to get in was long. I think a TV would have gone. It would have taken them a good 15 minutes to even get inside. And um, as we're walking outside, I start telling people like, hey, game was canceled and all that. Not me. Oh, that's what you were not, saying. Because I, yeah. I could hear you talking <laughs> to people. You were breaking up a lot, you know, because of the 4G. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was, I think you were on 3G that day. <laughs> I think so. Honestly, I don't know what was going on. You were worse. on 2G. I think you were on last, you know, decades. <laughs> Flip so phone decades. <laughs> Um, your your podcast was your live feed was a flip phone (laughs) yeah it it might as well would should have been Uh, but but yeah i I spot actually a guy with a sacramento shirt on right and he's the first person i tell like hey man like the game has been canceled and everyone was looking at me like wait why why and and i was like you know referee said you couldn't play you know we were just walking and I, i tell more people and uh (laughs) you know we kept walking back out and i think someone asked me because i was already close to the parking lot some oakland roots fans and 
they were like, hey, where are you? Where are you guys leaving? And I see we see a lot of people leaving. And I told them like, well, it's actually canceled. And they look at me like, wait, why is it canceled? Like, what, what, what? And all this. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things that <laughs> kind of sucks, right? It's like, oh, I'm sorry. I have to tell you guys the bad news, but I'm saving you a walk all the way over there because I do have to say um, for anyone that goes to the game, it is a bit of a walk, which is great. I, I love walking. So, I, you know, I don't, I don't mind that. Um, but keep in mind, it is a walk from the parking to getting to um, the, the stadium. It's a little bit further than, you know, uh, going to one of our home games, um, keeping in mind that it is a community college. So, of course, you know, that that is to be expected. But, yeah, we go back. We go back to, to with you guys. And, of course, uh, I would say, what, five, ten minutes later, um, the team comes by, right? We get the bus. Uh, we get the amazing visit by the team amazing shout out to front office and and the players for making that decision to do that right to go uh hang out with us for for a good what 15 20 minutes and us getting to talk to the players i think helped a lot because uh, it helped both first, sides it helped yeah. us and them because they're they were geared up for game and to have that letdown and and to just be only by themselves dealing with it i think it really helped um when they came out and they saw all of us because our enthusiasm for them was pretty phenomenal i mean we knew that the bus was coming but only just moments before it came the team <laughs> bus came we knew it was coming all of all of us in the crowd and I really do think it helped them to see us. We were huge. Our crowd compared to the Roots supporters group that was also in that parking lot, our crowd was, we were huge. Mm. We were a huge <laughs> amount. There was a lot of us there. I mean, you can look at any of the videos and and I, I think that the players being able to hit the drum and, you know, talk with us and, you know, maybe they grab a beer if they <laughs> chose to, it all I think it all helped. There's a couple of players that look like they just wanted to roll their eyes and get home, you know, it's like, but for the most part, I think, I think it helped them. Yeah. It, it was just amazing to see them kind of come out uh, as they did. Uh, I mean, the players, some of the coaches, uh, coach Briggs, I finally got to meet face to face with him finally and chatted with him for a little bit. I mentioned about the, uh, him getting me into the, last match against uh, Phoenix uh, last month. I mean, it was just possibly the biggest uh, tailgate uh, atmosphere that, that <laughs> I've seen. I mean, granted, I've gone to a couple home tailgates in the past couple of years, but this easily beats uh, any that I've, I've gone to. I mean, the situation was unfortunate, of course, you know, not being able to, to play the match, especially when we need three points as badly as we do. But ultimately, you know, the goal was, Nobody got uh, got injured. I mean, because we mm -hmm. could nar narrowly afford any more, so that's <laughs> always a good thing to to miss on that. And also, uh, like like Sharon said, you know, seeing the players get into a play uh, playing the drums and dancing, chanting, everything like that. I mean, it was. I mean, for for the the canceled game, that elongated tailgate certainly uh, was was a highlight uh, for for the night. Even if uh, some of us. Had a, a couple beers here and there and lots of sore muscles. 
I, you I, were dancing. You are a dancing fool. You were <laughs> hopping. I swear, I would look one way, Jared. You were here. The next time you were over there. And Luis, man, you know how to work a crowd. You were making your way from player to player to just talk with everybody and to the coach. It was really good. Well, none of us are shy, you know, when it comes to that sort of stuff. I know that about the three of us. Nobody here is a shy person, you know, at the end of the day. You know, maybe yeah. you're an introvert, but when it comes to that sort of thing, we're we realize that they're people, everybody is just people. And, you know, everybody wants to talk about themselves and their experiences. So why not? And that's a lot of what this podcast is about, Luis and, and Jared. You know, it's a it's a little bit about sharing experiences and hopefully triggering ideas inside of other people to share experiences in a similar fashion. And speaking of which, remember social media. I yeah. think this is a perfect time, Luis, for you to invite folks to listen to us on their favorite platform. Yes, yes, yes. Please, if you haven't followed us yet, please give us a follow at State Republic 12 on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Look us up on YouTube, State of the Republic podcast to watch uh, some past interviews. We're working on getting some more interviews out because I know people love to hear those and, and we're going to be uh, doing our uh, best uh, being able to bring some uh, guests on and some players that are currently in the squad because after we spoke to some of them at the stadium uh, we actually uh, invited some of them on the show and uh, you know we just have to coordinate with the team get all that settled and and we have uh, plenty of players that are interested in being on talking about you know their careers and uh, how the season is uh, going on as well. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, check us out on there. Also, for anyone listening to us on Apple Podcast, you guys might know that there is a feature where you can actually leave reviews for podcasts. I think we only have a couple there uh, at the moment. But if you do listen to us on there, please, we would greatly appreciate if you could leave us a review there. Uh, it doesn't matter how many stars you leave. It's not like we're going to be <laughs> asking for those five stars. So leave whatever you feel is the best thing you'd want to leave. And if you could leave us some feedback on there, if we don't gain those five stars, please give us a feedback. We only improve if we know more feedback and you can help us out with that. So please feel free to uh, leave a review there for us. We yeah. really appreciate that. And anything that you would like to hear us talk about, because you know, we're, our knowledge runs deep. <laughs> mm. <laughs> So speaking of knowledge, and I know you're not quite done yet, Luis, speaking of knowledge, I'm going to ask Jared first, which player do you think enjoyed himself the most once they got off the bus and mingled? And you all get to answer this one, you know, just your perception of who enjoyed themselves the most. Uh, it's, it's kind of difficult to say. I don't know. Like you mentioned, there were a couple, there might've been a couple that, uh, just wanted to get on the bus and head back home. But I know there were quite a few that were totally getting into it. I mean, it's it's really difficult to, to name just one that, that uh, enjoyed it the most. A, a majority of the players, I mean, given the bad news, I mean, showing up to the tailgate, that, that seemed to really turn them around and kind of get them in a positive vibe. So it's... It, it's almost like asking you that for the man of the match, right? <laughs> but there was no yeah, match. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> so, Luis, who's your man of the tailgate? <laughs> That's <thinking>? good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to call him man of the parking lot, right? Because that's where the 
<laughs> and that's where the whole thing went down. Um, it, it's a shame we couldn't have like a little like five on five or something, right? Maybe if it would have been the last game of the season. <laughs> I know um, that would have been fun. Uh, yeah, that would have been something else, right? Um, Who do you think enjoyed themselves the most? So Besides Colin Falvey. I mean, he got on the drum, right? And then oh, we were yeah. singing him happy birthday. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah, Coach Falvey. So... Yeah, Luisa, who do you think enjoyed themselves the most? So I do have to give a shout out again to all the players because, you know, they, they all seemed like, you know, that they, they were enjoying it. And, and just the, the players that I got to talk to, they were all really thankful, right, that we made the trip out there. And, and yeah, you're right. There's some some were grabbing some Coronas. And of course, you know, they they deserve it. Right. They didn't play. So, hey, they you know, they, they need to. How I think the staff. I think the staff was loading up a little bit. I think I saw the oh, head athletic yes. trainer. I may have seen, you yeah. know, uh, <laughs> the equipment manager. I love them both. Trust me, they're great people. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Ray, I know. Ray Bear and I were trying to get a couple of the front office folks to challenge in uh, uh, beer pong as well. <laughs> oh, but surprisingly, <laughs> we didn't get any volunteers at that point of the tailgate. But then later on, you see them all lining up just throwing throwing shots here and there into into the beer pong <laughs> there you go right uh, no that, that that was that was all great um i i would say if i really had to pick one and and you know i might be a little biased here because we, we were talking and whatnot but i'd say tucker bone you know <laughs> I, I, after we we were you know speaking I, I know he went around and was talking to other people too and you know, I think it's it's really awesome, right? Because we talk about him on the pitch, uh, looking like he's a player that has been around for longer than he has been, right? And definitely not a player that used to be with Reno. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, it, it was really acting, great. He's not acting really Reno-y anymore. He's definitely <laughs> acting Sacramento-y. Yeah. Oh, yeah, which is always great. And I have to say, like, we could have kept talking and talking and talking and that's awesome, right? When a player is like, I saw you. Like, I saw you doing that. I saw you totally bending the poor guy's ear. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was, my it was man great. of the my man of the match, and besides KB <laughs> and you know getting on the drum and you know the players that got on the drum, I will say Pete. Pete was he was grabbing a couple beers. I mean, the dude was having a good time. He was chuckling. You know, he was trying to kind of get the others to do it. He, he was, he was having a good time. I think he enjoyed it, you know, and we just, he's from Finland. I mean, that day, that very day, I think Finland played, didn't they? And I think they lost. I didn't want to say anything, but you know, uh, for the, in the Euros, but it was, it was, I think, I think he's going to be my man of the man of the parking lot, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I I liked how he stepped up. I mean, he is our captain, right? So on and off the pitch, like, and for those of you who didn't see the video, I captured part of it. Go follow me on, on Twitter at NanoFC8. Uh, I captured part of uh, his little like speech, right? Once they got yeah. there and, and yeah. all the things that he said and cracked oh me up. Oh my God, he said, didn't Oakland. you say something like Oakland needs to get their shit together? Yeah, he said that and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, all right, all right, I see. And uh, But he also talked about, uh, you know, of course, the match we're going to be talking about here on Saturday against Phoenix and pumping everyone up right like come on down to to the game on phoenix you know like it's our full capacity match let's you know make sure that we're we're out there supporting and all that and i thought it was a great positive message and honestly he said that and you know i was like you know what i'm gonna put this game behind it's just gonna be another anecdotal game that we (laughs) talk about years from now right that one game that we didn't actually get to see but we actually got to have a little party after it (laughs) 
the announcement. And so, uh, yeah, I, I have to agree with you. Maybe he might be tied with Tucker Ball. Not I'm thinking about it. I, I completely forgot about that moment. And the guys who came and played the drum. I mean, that was bold. Yes. Like mm-hmm. KB jumping on the on the drum. I mean, that was all. They were having a ball. They they anytime that so you give a man a, a stick, <laughs> give him something to beat something with. So D- didn't Derek also? Uh, yes. Try it? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Kudos to them. I mean, I I don't know who. I don't know who I was talking to. Uh, I, I forgot right now who I was saying, but uh, you, you know, just holding the drum and kudos to all the drummers out there. Shout out to them with TBB oh because I'm like, yeah. I wish I could do that. My insight tells me like, hey, I could do that, but I really couldn't do that. So Those <laughs> shout out to all you guys. Yeah. Those things are, they're, <laughs> yes. they're not light. Um, yeah. Awesome. So very good. Well, okay. uh, Sharon, uh, let's go ahead and move on to our other uh, bit of news. And uh, apparently another league might be formed uh, by the MLS. Uh, can you give us more details on that? Yeah, so this is really strange. Um, and it's made a couple, it, MLS announced it themselves that they're forming, um, they're, they're starting another league to complete the professional pathway between academy and the first you know, the first level MLS league. And, you know, of course they made their own announcement. Um, and with 27 teams right now in MLS, I'm sure others will be added, hopefully the rest of us, the expansions, but they, they say it, our growth and our patterns are really different than other countries. Um, you know, we've got the full on USL, you know, the three tiers in USL and then we have MLS and and if you notice conveniently recently a lot of the number 2 teams dropped out for this season you know and they blamed covid and and all that other yeah. so so the i'm just looking at some of the quotes from like Mark Abbott of MLS they say that during the coming months a leader and new staff of league office employees will be hired to oversee the launch and ongoing management of the new league, which will have dedicated space in MLS's New York City headquarters. And the new league will be supported by the infrastructure experience and resources of MLS. And what they plan to do with it is creating like a a hub that could feed not only staff, but players into MLS if they didn't already have a chance to be on a level where they could play periodically for MLS, like a, you know, a farm, a, an official farm team. But I thought that's what the USL was in a sense, you know, that the affiliation was working. So the comments that came in on soccer America, got to give kudos to soccer America for allowing for commentary, because I really haven't seen a whole lot of press on this MLS to league, which I am a little concerned about because I thought that USL champion that, that our level was the level anyhow. So there, a lot of them are calling it greedy money grab um, that the deep pocket crowd who have no real interest in soccer, except its own commercial value and the prestige it gives them to be sports team owners. That's by David Ruder. Um, I wrote that I agreed with him. And then I also said that uh, having been a player and a fan since the seventies, this move feels like a direct blow to the USL. That's what I said on uh, comments. And I wrote, went on to write some of the other stuff, 
Paul Cox writes, independent USL clubs have been unhappy with the current setup for some time. And it says the MLS teams that play in the championship don't operate in a way that it's designed to make money or improve the league. They exist for the purpose of player development. So you wind up with what should legitimately be a team full of U23s playing against clubs that really want to be more of a legit second division, which is us. Um, you know, Sacramento, we are a legit contender. And so when we go up against these teams that are like Tacoma Defiance, that's an offshoot of uh, the Sounders, they're feeding their U23s essentially into it. So anyhow, there's a lot of comments on it. Most people think it's a moneyed situation because they don't think that MLS wants to pay for a team in the league of USL because it's not cheap to be in USL either. And by forming their own league, maybe they cut some of the costs, but yet still have the playing opportunities, unlike, you know, paying the cost for USL because there's a lot of requirements for USL. So we'll see how it goes. Um, Somebody else wrote that that their guess is that the, that this is Major League Soccer's solution to the revenue lost when 18-year-olds without a professional contract signed with foreign clubs. That uh, the structure with a second level would allow MLS to sign underage domestic players to professional contracts with a view to increasing their revenue from international transfers. So, you know, the transfer fees are big and the pass through of transfer fees like Christian Pulisic, they finally did a full on accounting of every club he played for in the U.S. So that those transfer fees, because they're legitimately supposed to funnel back to the clubs that he's from, you know, uh, everybody gets a cut of those big transfer fees. So, so this, the, this would legitimize uh, transfers because the contracts would originate at MLS and then the transfer fees when the players go foreign. Anyhow, so there's all kinds of interests at stake here and we shall see how it goes. Um, what are your guys' thoughts about an MLS tour? Did I pretty much nail it and we need to <laughs> move on and talk about the game this weekend? Um, you know, I, I have to be in agreement with what people are saying, right? That it's MLS being selfish and not wanting, you know, to share a, a piece of the cake, right, with uh, USL. And, you know, I, I do really think that it could be a really big threat to the USL. If this happens, because uh, as I was reading a little bit of, of that article, I know they they said they might allow some independent teams right out of the, the total teams. And so the moment that we see some teams make the move over to this league, which could very well happen, that's the end of, of the USL. And, it you know, it's worrisome because it's one of those things where it's great to have, you know, different soccer leagues that are owned by different uh, you know, uh, ownership groups because it just leads to more uh, competitivity or competitivity, I should say. Um, it, it leads to more of that. And, you know, just leaving it all to MLS2 is more like a monopoly. And I'm kind of worried even on the, on the legal side of it too, if, if this ends up uh, cutting USL, if maybe they could be running into some legal issues there because that that could be a thing that goes on. Uh, on the other hand, you know, I know... You know, if it helps grow the game, great, right? There might be more money uh, coming in uh, with that. But I, I'm a little skeptical about it actually being able to uh, get more people in stadium and in different cities and, and whatnot, because 
as it is now, if we look at some of those two teams, people aren't really supporting them because for one, they're not independent. And I think the key to success for any club in the country is being independent. If a, if a person knows that a team is basically a farm team, I feel like people would lose interest because they're like, yeah, some of the players here, they're going to be called up to the first team, right? They're going to do the whole like, oh, they're playing good. All right. Uh, forget that team next weekend. You're going to be playing with the, the first team. And that's the reason why Los Dos, Real Monarchs, uh, Tacoma Defiance, uh, teams like that don't have that many people in the stands. I mean, they, they have might have some fans, but let's be honest, they're never going to have a big fan base, a big supporters group because people are going to support the MLS team. That's just how it is. And so them doing this, if they're doing this for the money aspect of it, I don't think there's a lot of money to be gained. And, you know, they're clearly showing that in the USL. So I hope that if this happens, teams are still like, you know what, I'm still sticking through with the USL because they have a structure going on. So hopefully. Yeah. So, so the money gained is not about the ticket sales. It's about the transfer and the ownership and the contracts with the players um, more so than anything else. Then it's also about saving money. Um, because it, like I said, the USL fees are, you know, they're not cheap either, but if MLS dictates the fees to be in a second tier and it's like super cheap because it's just a farm club and maybe they're playing, you know, so, so they can control the costs a whole lot easier than the costs that belong to USL. USL, it, it's not cheap and there's requirements. And mm-hmm. so I think MLS at the end of the day, they know that. They're losing money, Luis. You mentioned there's no fans in the stands. And so they're losing money because they're paying not only the fee, the franchise fee to USL, but if they cut that part out and it's just run by MLS, you know, Major League Soccer, then they don't have to lean on the gate fees as much. It's not about that. It's about the money of, you know, developing these players and having the sole contract versus USL having the contracts versus having a foreign club having a contract. So it's a, it's kind of a weird thing. I want to see it all get unraveled. I would love to see somebody who knows way more than me. You know, maybe we can interview somebody who's a, mm-hmm. an agent, you know, it would be, it would be really cool to, to bring somebody on who has like such a, a in-depth knowledge of MLS, you know, this, this tiering and, and the, mm-hmm. the nature of the, the, the savings that MLS would realize and where the, where the money rub is. I would love to interview somebody on that and have them just explain the whole thing. Like, I I really wish Todd Donovan was available for us to like, okay, tell us the whole shtick or Connor Sutton, if you're listening to this or, or Justin Dubois, would you tell Connor, Connor interview Todd and have Todd explain this whole thing, you know, to us about, you know, the differences, it would be really good. We need to know, Mm -hmm. you know, or anybody on ESPN or if, uh, um, in Indomitable City Soccer, if you're listening to this, get the scoop, get it, break it down, tell us what it is, 100%, you know, why we are worried. Tell us why we're worried, because <laughs> you know, we are a little worried. We're worried. Don't take it away. <laughs> Don't take away our USL. <laughs> yeah, this this whole MLS2 is news to me, I mean, since today. I mean, this is the first time I'm hearing of it. And already it's leaving a very uncomfortable taste in my mouth. I mean, we've already had a slew of teams just in uh, Republic FC's uh, tenure that have already left us. I mean, we're talking about 
the Austin Aztecs, Vancouver uh, Whitecaps FC2, Re- uh, Reno, uh, at least seven or so clubs that have left. And if you move all the MLS2 clubs that are currently in the USL Championship, uh, such as Tacoma Defiance, uh, Las Vegas Lights FC, because remember, they're now partnering with LAFC, uh, Los Dos, I mean, all those MLS2 teams, if you move them out of the USL Championship, that's ultimately reversing the major expansion that the the league in general has been doing. It's taking money away from the USL leagues. I mean, championship league one and league two, because uh, some of the two teams have moved down to one and two as well. Look at uh, Philadelphia union Two, uh, Toronto FC two, they've moved down to the lower, uh, lower leagues. I mean, that's basically just wiping out the progress over the past six or eight seasons that USL has been doing to expand the, the reach of second tier soccer within the United States and Canada. Well, U.S. now. So to have this farm system, and if it indeed is cheaper than having a USL club, I don't want to say it's going to collapse the USL league, but it's definitely going to hurt them as far as further expansion goes. But I know there are some fans that have been waiting and waiting for all the MLS2 clubs to leave the USL. I'm not sure that's such a great idea. I mean, I'll, I'll gather some more information on it myself so I can learn more about it, but I'm not liking the news of this MLS too, but that's just me. This is so funny. When you said that, Jared, I don't know if you were watching Luis, but I was watching Luis and I could see him when you said there have been a lot of fans that are just waiting for these MLS farm teams to leave the USL. Luis was like, me, I'm waiting. I've been waiting for that. (laughs) So it's so perfect. Yeah, Orange County is like, Bye-bye, LA2. Bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I got I to gotta say that because I've never been a fan of these teams there because, you know, it's like, come on, USL is independent. Having these teams there, it's like, all right, MLS, all right, we're trying to get a break from well, you. Like, yeah, we want a dependency. Like- Real Monarchs. I mean, they 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 smacked our butts because they <laughs> they loaded it with MLS squad. It's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, guys, you just cheated us because we're not MLS, right? Well, yeah, we could be. And, we could be. We were supposed to be. <laughs> and you know, I have my own thoughts on on the whole. Like, oh yeah, one player plays in USL one weekend, and then next weekend, boom, boom, they're playing in MLS. It's like, if someone out there could do something, let's get rid of that. I don't like that have a player stick with one team right you don't see that happening in like england right you don't see a player going from the championship to a premier league team like weekend by weekend like let's let's no, just the, stop when that. they do the loans they usually do a, a long-term loan mm-hmm. you know when they loan a, when they loan so. a player but hey maybe mls2 isn't such a bad thing because if they if they wipe out all of the you know the affiliated teams and we're just back to being pure USL. Maybe it is. Maybe it might not be a bad thing. And maybe having these, this second level, this tweener, you know, where MLS has all the contracts and, you know, they get to play in there, whatever, and nobody comes to the games, but they're playing games. Um, <laughs> maybe it's maybe, not so bad. Maybe it could mean we start playing Eastern Conference teams again. Oh, my mean, gosh. That, that was so much fun when it when we were doing that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that means I can actually see Republic FC playing against Oklahoma City again. Again, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, exactly. And I maybe, like 
and maybe one of the teams will actually score this time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, Jared. You know, if, if they do do something like that, if they just keep it to just B teams, don't allow anyone else just B teams. Again, no one's going to go to the games. Just have your little B team league. All right, cool. You guys do your thing. Keep USL independent. Um, but uh, my last thing I want to say about this topic, though, is that I am really worried, and I hope it doesn't happen, that MLS is playing around with the Republic and is going to say, well, you know, you are going to get MLS, but it's going to be MLS too. And eventually we would become, or I shouldn't say again, I mean, well, yeah, again, a farm team of the earthquakes. That is my biggest worry. And I hope that doesn't happen because I'm going to feel like we were played on and they made this league just to say, well, you know, you can't afford being MLS, but MLS two is at a 50% off discount. So here you go. (laughs) So hopefully that's not true. So so Oakland Roots make it a very strong statement. And I don't know if it was just one of those weird rumblings, but they, they claimed they will always be USL, that they didn't have aspirations to be MLS. I don't know if everybody's heard this or not, but they were like really true to their roots, essentially that they, they they didn't have MLS aspirations. They want to be the USL. They want to be independent. So I don't see them even being a farm for San Jose earthquakes. So the earthquakes would have to just come up with earthquakes too, and maybe play in uh, um, Cupertino. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. I digress. That would be fun. Cupertino, right? They're right next to technology, right? They'll have the latest uh, technology in their digital (laughs) boards. (laughs) Great. <laughs> iPads for everyone. <laughs> Anyhow. Uh, All right. Well, let's get on with uh, reviewing the upcoming games, shall we? Yeah. So round two of the handball rising <laughs> series. Uh, once again, at home, um, full capacity match, right? We're finally back to allowing all fans. And it couldn't happen in a better game than against handball rising again. And they're mm-hmm. going to feel it this time. Uh, the handball Asante is going to feel it as well, right? The the booing is going to be extra louder if it wasn't already oh. loud. <laughs> uh, it's going to be something else. And, I, and I'm, I'm telling you, I know with TVB, I'm sure Los Unicos is going to come out in full force. Uh, uh, so oh, yes. you're going to expect more drums. This time the drummers are, are, aren't going to be uh, away uh, in, in vacation like they were in the last uh, time we played against Rising. This time they're all going to be there extra loud. Oh man, I'm looking forward uh, to that. Uh, so Phoenix is also going to have uh, the, their uh, squad. And if we look at some of their last games, uh, the last game they actually lost against uh, San Diego Loyal, right? <laughs> uh, so what are your guys' thoughts? Uh, I mean, they come from losing a game. You think this is going to be good for us, or do you think uh, we're going to see an even stronger team trying to like make up for that loss? Pull up the stat board. Come on, Luis. Pull up uh, the the stats so far for the last five games for our uh, our division. All right. So I love it when he does this. So much fun. Yeah. Thank you. Shout out to Google for making it really convenient to <laughs> look at all of our standings and then for. There you know, we go. Getting all the sources. Standings. Of the stats. <laughs> click, yeah, click on standings. So, no, not matches. Standings. 
Let's go ahead and look at the standings then. So there we go. I in our group, Western uh, Conference Pacific, not not the best image, right? I I try not to look at it often just because it's it's not it's not great right now. But <laughs> on the bright side, you know we have some games in hand now. <laughs> Things they're not playing on Saturday, so I guess there's there's something there. Uh, we're in sixth place, seven games played, seven points. Um, right next to us, We're Tacoma. We're behind Defiant. Tacoma. How can we be behind Tacoma? Uh, yeah, it's uh, well, we haven't played against them, so there is that. <laughs> um, Las Vegas Lights is down. Um, well, goal differential, right? Is not as good. <laughs> minus 11, uh, but also seven points. One more game that we do. Oakland Roots is last, but they've only had four games played, four points. Phoenix Rising still leading the pack with uh, 16 points, eight uh, matches played. Uh, essentially, if we beat Phoenix on Saturday, we're going to be six points behind them. Not too far. I mean, it's still, you know, that's uh, uh, near. And so that only makes it that much more critical and getting those three points on Saturday because you get those three points on Saturday, you're double digits in the group, and you are that much closer, right, to uh, being in the top four. Um, considering that San Diego Loyal has uh, nine match matches played, uh, two more than we do, and they have 11 points. So you win two more games, guess what? You're back in the top four. So that's the positive thing about this. But yeah, what, what do you guys see in the standings? Uh, still trying to be optimistic uh, over here. I mean, I know we've been in, in holes before. It's never easy. Uh, just seeing that goal differential, I mean, just it seemed at first earlier on in the season we were creating scoring opportunities, but these last few matches, I don't know if it's fatigue or lack of chemistry given some of the new players, but it just seems like we're just walking out of pace, especially when it comes to defending goal. Uh, I'm hoping that this Saturday we, we have uh, Rafa back. I know it's not a guarantee we're going to win with him, but just having him, you know, the the true uh, goal, uh, goalie for, for us, especially after last year and his performance, I mean, hopefully that'll bring some positivity, put some fire back into the back line and keep on those opportunities, not just figure out what are we going to do once we get into, uh, into the opponent's uh, quarter. Do we kick it into goal? Yes, that's what the game is. You create opportunities, you get it in the back of the net, you bring home those three points. Let's hope that they can do this, especially against a team like, like Phoenix. I know the game is not going to sound nearly as loud on uh, CW61 here in Phoenix as it will out there at Heart Health Park, but I mean, this, this is a revenge game. This is a rubber game. We lost what should have been a slam dunk against Phoenix back on May tw- uh, 29th, but it was a push. Ultimately, we let that one goal go. Yep, right there, May 29th. We need to strike back against that. I mean, we need to change our game up. So, Phoenix, we need to mark something more. He was the playmaker, goal scorer. He was the whole package. Mm-hmm. I say, you know, I, I say we funnel we got to play first defender, second defender against him and against um, some, we, we just, we can't let up. We've got to have our, the basics when we're playing against Phoenix, we've got to do the basics and our fitness. I'm hoping that all this time off, 
not only are we fit, but we're healthy and the guys can do the tracking a little bit better and the assistance. Here's what I want in this game more than anything else. I want one or two of the players, and I know you mentioned Rafa and you know all this other, but I want one or two of the players to really take charge in this game. I mean, like look like they are in charge on the field the whole time, working with their players. And even if it's 10 field players and a keeper taking charge of this game, like own it. This is your game. Don't be a Mr. Nice guy. Oh, you can have the pass. Oh, you're going to get that tackle. Okay, cool. You know, and it's like, no, if you're near, you take the pass. If you're near, if the ball's coming your way, you go to the ball, you show, you do the in charge, you know, the large and in charge on the field the whole entire time, because that builds that confidence. You know, it, I just want to see them on the front foot. I want them confident. So that's all I have to say. If I see that, I'll be happy, even if they lose. But if I see them on the front foot, I will be so pleased. You know, just don't be Mr. Nice Guy out there with your own team. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, you can have the pass. Okay, great. It just got cut out by a Phoenix player. Yeah, go to the ball. Get that ball. Always uh, Joe Barrico, who used to play with Pele years ago. He lives in Sacramento. And we would train uh, years ago. I'm dating myself because anybody who's listening to this, who knows Joe Barrico and who trained at Sac State in the evenings of the summers, we would all let Joe just tell us how to play. And Joe's most famous line, don't lose the ball. Don't lose the ball. Don't lose the ball. That was mm. the number one thing. And, you know, th that's the key to the game. Don't lose the ball. Mm. No square balls, no square passes, no defender blindness clean it up, let's go, put it in the back of the net, score massive numbers of goals. Shannon, Derek, magic needs to happen, right? We know that mm. the two of them have a magic connection. We've talked about it before. They're not roommates, but they have a connection. So I want to see that. And I want to see Tucker, you know, somebody was saying, uh, who was it that we're, we were talking at the, at the last podcast that there's a couple of players that kind of are similar in the role. Michael Woods, he was saying that uh, Kamawasa and Derek play too similarly and to have them both on at the same time is not a good blend. But mm -hmm. if you have like Derek and Tucker or Derek and uh, Carlton, mm -hmm. you know, that's a different look. So they each have different roles. So it'd be interesting to see who the 11 is. I'm looking forward to that. Can I please know right now? I want to know who the 11 is right now. Somebody just message me. Somebody named Coach Mark Briggs. Just go ahead and tell me. I won't tell anybody. <laughs> I'll see if I can. I'll see if I can reach out to him. You know, seeing as you know we <laughs> we're Twitter, Twitter friends and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> just 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 have him on Twitter. Right out loud, tell you the eleventh, and promise that you won't say anything to anybody, even though everybody just read it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I know the game's not until Saturday, but uh, can I get a sneak peek of the starting eleven? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> please. <laughs> <laughs> you might. Oh, oh yeah. dear. That, that, that would be great. Um, but yeah, we're, no, all, I, we're all idealists. We want a happy ending, and we mm -hmm. want to know what the ending looks like right now. We really. <laughs> really need a happy ending and yeah we really yeah what we are in, in major need right the last time we we saw a win was back in may against the lights which it's it's the lights right it's it's to be yeah poor lights right eventually they're gonna like beat us and then we're gonna be like well, how did we 
but let's hope we don't have to get to their game to actually get three points. <laughs> but, uh, you know, one player that I really hope we see in the starting 11, especially for a match like this, where you're going to need a lot of pressure, you're going to need a lot, a lot of speed, is Nobby. I want to see the guy in the starting yes. 11. Uh, I yes. know it, it was a, a shame, right, that he got the opportunity to be in the starting 11 against the Monarchs because we all know how weird that game was, right, with the wind and, and all mm-hmm. that. Um, but I want to see him in the starting 11 in this game and, and whatnot because he deserves it. We need a player like him that is really quick. I got the chance to talk to him at the parking lot there. And, uh, you know, he, he you know he seemed really stoked, right, to, to be back with Sacramento and, you know, knowing that Minnesota could, of course, recall him uh, at any time. But great for him, right, if, if that happens. Uh, but we need him right now. Coach, put him in the starting 11 before Minnesota uh, recalls him because I keep saying it in every podcast and I feel really sad having to say it right, but he's eventually going to go back and I feel like he's not going to finish the season because the more he plays, the the more they'll look at him and, and the more that Minnesota plays, of course, the more chances are that they might get an injury and they might be like, oh, look, we have that guy that keeps starting with Sacramento. Let's recall him. He's really quick. We need a quick player right now. Let's Let's get him. And so yeah. that's just a heads up to everyone. And that's why let's see more of him <laughs> before he leaves. It's funny. it's funny you should say that because I talked with him too. We all, I think we all had a chance to talk with Navi because he's, you know, local, local guy. Um, and I told him that what we said about him, that he has a fast three steps. He could do in three strides what somebody else would do in 10 and he does it just as quickly as that. That's it. He, he kind of agreed. He goes, yeah, I know. I know it's like right on, you know, what your, you know, what your superpower is. Cool. So I got to say, and, and we, we usually don't do this here on the show, but it'd be kind of cool to, you know, if someone actually gets it, but what are your guys' predictions for the game? Uh, let's first go to you, Jared. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think this will probably end up being another low scoring affair. Uh, what I would like to see is, Possibly the two-one Republic FC, but I got a feeling it's going to be another one-nil-nil game. I mean, uh, especially with the fact that Phoenix is lost, uh, they're going to be a little bit more hungry. But then again, they may possibly think we're a pushover again, and maybe they'll ease off the gas, and we could take advantage of that. So, I, I would like to see at least two-one Republic. I'm kind of feeling 2-1, but I almost had this weird gut feeling of, no, we're winning this one 3-0. You know, I, for some reason, I felt 3-0. I don't know why that was. Luis Felipe's healthy again, you know, so, oh, gosh. And I asked the guys, they knew who the starting lineup was on Saturday, and I asked one of them, I said, were you in the 11? And they said, yes. And I now I don't remember who it was that told me that they were in the 11, and it was like, oh, I, so if I knowing, you know, it's like, come on, Mark, tell me who's in the 11 this weekend so that, so that I can make my score prediction, you know, cause it, you know, if I know Derek is in the 11 and I know Shannon is in the 11 and I know, you know, it's kind of like, we stand a chance of getting some goals. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully they, they learned from the, the lessons right from the last game, because there was much to learn. In that game, uh, even though it was just a, a 1-0 loss, uh, th- there was a lot of things that hopefully 
they're going back right because literally the game happened like a month ago and so i, I hope that they review that like, pretty well it feels like a month ago yeah <laughs> it is yeah against me. yeah yeah, no, yeah. i just say lock down sante more just lock him down, mm-hmm. you know, throw a padlock on him. I don't care who it is, if it's Andrew or or just two, you know, <laughs> just lock up Sante more. And, and as usual, watch those yeah. hands, right? They got to watch those hands. Everyone's got to be watching all the players and like the hand movements and make sure that <laughs> right? no one tries to sneaky, you know, try to like, you know, just push the ball and score a goal, another hand goal. <laughs> yeah. Um, We're- just so the the listeners know, we are all in the background. We can see each other, and we're all like acting like we're punching the ball in the goal, and we're, using <laughs> we're, we're, our we're hands doing the whole the, Asante yeah. handball gesture <laughs> yeah. and, and and all that. <laughs> um, but you know, if there's something I do ask, though, no matter whatever the result is, I hope the referee doesn't have something to do with the score. Please, oh. even if we lose, I don't want to see a game like we saw the last oh home game against Orange oh. County. Oh my Let's, god. Let's oh, not. Boy. I don't want to talk about the referee in the next no. podcast, please. If that if that happens, as unfit and large as I am right now, man, I'd be out on that field saying, "Give me your shirt. <laughs> Come on, I'll, I'll give me your whistle. Whatever you have, just give it to me. I'll take over this game because I can call it a far. Well, no, I can't, but still, that <laughs> give well, me the ju- whistle. Just like I was saying about that Orange County uh, matchup by halftime. These refs better have the sheriff's uh, assigned uh, detail to them to get them escorted out if it ends up being like that match. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was not. I, I hope they, they like, I don't know if the league does something, but I really hope that they did speak to that referee. Should we We're, ever get him yeah. again? Or, or, and even not just us, right? But I'm even looking out for other teams, right? Like, Make sure that you guys talk to this guy because he could. He could mess around with other games and they could, you know, uh, make some teams not even make it to the playoffs because of that. So they need to yeah, make put sure him back that on uh, assistant referee status, you know, put them on the <laughs> running the lines again, man. Or Give make him a, him a fourth a, ref. I mean, so just some role that doesn't have to do with <laughs> influencing the game. Um, yeah. But my prediction and. You know, I really wish I could say a win, right? The fan side of me says, yeah, win, win, right? I also want to say like a 3-0 win. Um, But I do think it's going to be a game where we're going to see a lot of goals. And I think it's going to end in a 3-3 tie. But on the the good side, though, I think it's going to be one of those ties where um, it feels more like a win, right? A tie that like the team really wanted to win. And you were like, it was this close to actually winning. Similar to the game against the Roots, right? Where they you know they battled mm-hmm. on towards the last minute. I think it's gonna be a similar game like that. And we're gonna be down in the score line and we're gonna manage to, you know, flip the not flip the result, but go back and, and tie it. And and we're gonna feel like a win and, and we're just gonna be looking forward to that game in, in Phoenix. But so that's that's my prediction. Is again a tie three three. Okay. Awesome. Sounds good. And no injuries. All right. Oh, I yeah. Like, I, Please. I like the way it goes. And no injuries. No injuries. Also, okay. for anyone attending the game, uh, do remember that they're, they're actually going to be giving away uh, some flags. I imagine some Sacramento Republic flags, probably similar to the ones that they uh, gave out uh, not too long ago, right? When they had the, the yeah. fan pack. Uh, yeah. I'm assuming it's probably something like that. Really cool little uh, flags there as well. Um, 
I will not believe it's uh, for the first 2,500 fans. So be there when the gates open so you can get yourself a really cool flag um, that's going to be there. Also, stick around for after the match because they are going to be having fireworks. Should be really exciting, right? Since we're not going to be playing at home Fourth of July weekend. So that's their way of saying, you know what? We'll give you guys fireworks. And we all love our fireworks in Sacramento after games. So we're getting that. And again, hopefully we get the win and the fireworks feel that much more amazing than they already are. So, And I hope that we have no fire on the levee or near yeah. the Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No fires. Somebody oh, let yeah. the campers know, please don't don't cook tonight or don't cook. Please. The, on, the only fires we want to see are going to be from uh, <laughs> Republic FC play, uh, players' legs hitting that ball to the back of the net. That's, that's the only acceptable fires we'll have. Yep. I know. <laughs> we need to have teams on fire that our team only our team can be on fire. That's oh it. yeah. Not Phoenix, even though you guys have uh, crazy weather out there, yeah. I should say. Well, <laughs> yeah. 118 degrees last week. Fry an egg on your hand. Yeah. yeah. So the other thing about this weekend, Louise is tailgating is back. So the Tower yes. Bridge Battalion, yay, tailgate <laughs> is happening. <laughs> it's going to be a glorious time. I just wish they would lift the face mask requirement, the mask requirement in the stadium. I'm kind of hoping they do, but right now I'm not seeing it. Luis, do you know anything about that? If they've lifted? Not that I know of. I feel like they're probably still going to continue, right? As, as, uh, maybe if, if any of you have been out and about, uh, you know, at restaurants, at stores, it seems like a lot of businesses are still keeping it, even though, right, the counties might be like, yeah, you know, but I feel like it's up to every organization to say like, yeah, if you come in here, wear your mask, uh, some some enforce it, others are like, you know, just barely enforcing that too. Um, so I think it, print. You know, it says, they'll say masks are required for anybody who is unvaccinated. And it's like, I've been reading those masks. And so when I see that, it's like, oh, wait, I'm vaccinated. I don't have to wear the mask. But then I think of the children and then I put the mask back on, you know, because I don't want to hurt hurt yeah. the children. Yeah. 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 So, you know, that, that's that's what they have. And uh, yeah. But yeah, and no, it's great that they're doing Telgate again. Uh, it's going to be really awesome. Also, one more uh, notice for anyone going to the game. It is going to be a hot game. I think it's supposed to be around 99 degrees. Last I checked, yeah, like 99 degrees Fahrenheit. And so be hydrated, right? Uh, uh, keep that in mind that it's it's going to be uh, a hot one. Fortunately, you know, it doesn't start until 8. And unfortunately, it went down. Last weekend when I checked the weather, I think it was saying like 107. So luckily, they were wrong with that <laughs> prediction. And it's been going down because I was like, whoa, all right. We're, we're uh, having a hot game, which... Uh, is kind of unfortunate that it's against Phoenix because y'all are used to the heat. So not that it's an advantage to us. Wish it was against another team that wasn't used to the heat, but it seems like they brought it. They brought it with them. <laughs> so and, and I will put it this way, whether you're tailgating or not, especially given the hot weather, don't be afraid to pick up some elect- electrolyte solution. They do market it to adults nowadays for strenuous activity or drinking possibly both. Uh, I don't know if they're still having a sale or not, but both Walgreens and CVS for a while 
we're having buy one, get one 50% off on their brand uh, electrolyte solutions. It does work. I mean, you could even go with the PD light brand, but make sure you do hydrate, whether drinking or out in the heat or both with this tailgate. And I just read it, health and safety protocols aligned with the Center for Disease Control Guidance and the latest guidelines by state and county health officials. Masks will not be required, but remain a recommended prevention manager for guests that are not fully vaccinated. Yes, yes, yes. Masks are not required. Yes. Perfect. (laughs) Yay. I don't have to sweat underneath all that. Nice. Oh, yeah. I just read it. It was on the Republic's Know Before You Go website. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Well, well, especially with that weather. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jared, for coming back on. It was really great having you here on, especially when we play against Phoenix. Always great <laughs> for you to give us the secrets, right? Since you're right there in their backyard. <laughs> uh, absolutely. And, and like I said, I'm going to be watching it on CW61 locally. So make sure y'all make some extra noise at Heart Health Park this, this weekend. I want to be able to hear you from all the way out here in the desert. Oh, yeah. Let us know if you hear, uh, you know, the booze when Asante gets the ball. Because those are going to be extra louder. We're going to make oh, sure those yes. are extra loud. <laughs> oh, yes. You bet. You oh. bet. Awesome. All and right. of course, thank you, Sharon, for being on. And Thank you to everyone for listening to us and hearing all of our stories today. Um, We will see you next time with our review of the Phoenix Rising game and also a a preview of uh, the San Diego Loyal game, possibly with our uh, good friends uh, from the Fairweather podcast. Join us in to let us know, you know, little insights on like what San Diego up to, right? Like how's their season going and what do they see in the game? So be on the lookout for that. Should be a fun one uh, next time. So see everyone. Uh, we hope to see you at the stadium on Saturday and have a great night. I will have stickers. Oh, yeah. Stickers. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Good night. Good night, everyone.